Ah, uh, load another episode of Venture Maidens is coming. I hope your butts are ready, and I hope your butts are also ready for when the Venture Maidens descend into Avernus. That's right. That's right. Starting October 23rd, I, Sage, will be in the DM hot seat. Did you see what I did there? To lead Celeste, Nassim, Katie, our narrator Paul, and JB, better known as Drop the Die, through the circles of hell to save Baldur's Gate. We will be streaming off Wednesdays from our usual maiden schedule, and if you can't make the streams, we will make the episodes available to our patrons. Now is the perfect time to sign up at patreon.com slash VentureMaidens. Okay, enough good news for now. It's time to see Kara suffer in the very last episode of her arc. So, where we left off, we had just battled the Drell Nalfian and his swarm of cronies. Before the battle could end, though, Kara got lured into a magic archway by the ghost of her dad. On the other side was the drow priestess Baltana, trying to get a creepy suit of armor encased in magic protection. So, some words were said, and suddenly Rem appeared behind the priestess and stabbed her in the back. Rem offered Kara a deal. She would help Kara rescue her family's souls if Kara lets her walk away with the spooky suit. After some thorough debating, Kara finally agreed and the rest of the gang walked in just in time to see her fall dead, killed by Rem's daggers. And that's what happened! Now, while you're getting your butts ready, we'll listen to an ad. Another fantastic show offered on the DSPN Network. Are you looking for a great story? Do you love Star Wars? Do you like podcasts? If you said yes to any of these, check out the Redemption Podcast. Well, I have less in my head than you do normally, probably. You haven't met the crew I'm with. Pretty much everywhere we go, our life is in danger. Things didn't explode. That's pretty sneaky for us. That sounds horrible. Yes, please finish up whatever underhanded thing you're doing on the computer terminals at the Jedi Temple. Check out Redemption Podcast at www.redemptionpodcast.com. Gather round, travelers, to hear our tale. Kara finds herself alone with a chance to save the souls of her family. Can she free them from their eternal torment? What trials await her in purgatory? Will she be able to return from the damned shores? Find out in episode 67, Rest in Peace. I am going to go ahead and... Are you ready? You ready? Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, How, how do you play D&D? Oh my god. No, wait. We're here. Hi. Hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special episode of The Venture Maidens. Uh, this is the end of Kara's arc. Uh, so, so the end of arc three of our show. And as is tradition uh, towards the end of these arcs here... Here we are for this one-on-one episode. Are you excited, Sage? Oh, man, I just, I'm so excited I forgot how to play d Oh, my God. It was just like, I was like, I'm what like, is this dice? Like, what do you, I just. Well, I have so many of them. Like, what are they all for? Why? Um, yep. So that's today. Uh, we're going to figure out how to play D&D. We're also going to resolve some shit that happened. Uh, 
Yeah, hopefully, or maybe we won't. I don't know. Again, it's D&D. It could be crazy. It could be weird. I don't Who knows? Uh, the whole world ends. You know, it, it just happens. It, it's, it's, it's a living. Uh, yeah, so I guess before we dive in, oh, yeah, right, we should introduce ourselves. Um, so, Sage, you go right after me this time. Oh, I, you, I was going to wait 10 okay, seconds right. for... <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Venture Maidens. I will be your dungeon master, Celeste Conowich. And I am your beneficent barbarian, Cara Brynhilda, played by Sage. I'm repping the raid shirt today. Hell yeah. To end this beautiful arc of my beautiful, beautiful girl. <laughs> uh, thank you all for being here. This is going to be a, a wild episode. Yeah. So that's where we're starting off. Uh, last thing. You knew, Kara. You were standing in this chamber. You had seen this sarcophagus-like structure out in the middle of the room with this black suit. Uh, it looked like a suit of armor, maybe plate mail had been splayed out, and Rem had been telling you that she needed this. And you had made a deal. You had agreed to let her go uh, on with whatever she intends to do, and she would help you get your family back or put them to rest or you're you're not really sure exactly how that was going to be accomplished uh but before you could say anything further you had felt this incredible pain directly between your eyes and the world had gone black so that's where we're beginning it's dark for a moment and all you can hear is the smooth paddle sound of something moving through water and it's a very gentle sound, very rhythmic as this happens. And your vision starts to clear, almost like a fog is being lifted uh, from your mind. And you feel on either, there's a gentle swaying to wherever you are. You're, you're in a boat, a small rowboat that is traveling on this very, very still river. And as you look to either side of you, you see... Pretty much just barren landscape, just black, jagged rock that's devoid of any plant life, any animal life, anything. And as you look towards the front of this boat, you see the person who's rowing on either side has this long paddle that they're dipping into the water on either side. One, two, one, two. And this figure is just swathed in these black robes. So you can't see anything of their face um all you can see is the gloved hand that is moving this paddle back and forth and on the very very front of the boat here there's a long stick that has a lantern that's swinging gently with the movement of the boat as Kara opens her eyes and she kind of like rubs them and like rubs her head and then as she kind of realizes that she can see and that and, you know, then sense things. Again, she kind of slowly puts her eyes down and looks around nervously. And, uh... Yeah, you feel this... Looks, yeah, yeah, this looks incredible pain, like, right between your foot. Like, the worst splitting headache you've ever had. And she looks up at the, the robed figure and... What? What? Where am I? Where's Rem? The figure doesn't respond to you they just continue to row the sides of the boat and a voice from behind you so sitting about one bench row back uh, on this boat it's just the two of you here uh you hear a so 
What are you in for? In for? In for what? What are you in for? Yeah, and if you, do you turn around in the boat? Yeah. Yeah, so you see sitting behind you um, on this second row is a dwarven man. Um, and he has he has a long beard that's very well-kempt and long, uh, long tresses as well. Uh, and they are just coal black. Um, and he is dressed in this very simple sort of linen rough spun shift. Uh, and as you look at yourself, you actually realize you're dressed in the exact same thing. Um, as this person here, you don't have anything on you. You don't have your pack, your armor, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this figure, as they look at you, they don't have eyes. They just have two golden coins that have been placed there. So it's very disconcerting as this figure looks at you. You can tell they're looking at you, mm-hmm. but you can't see their eyes. Uh, and he he kind of furrows his brows and says, well, this is purgatory. So, what are you in for? Purgatory? What? I, I, wait, I'm dead? And, like, seeing his gold coin eye, she immediately, like, touches hers, like, what, did I miss something? You don't, you don't have anything. It just feels normal. What's up with the gold coins? I, uh... I'm, I don't know, I'm, like, friends with some, like, I don't know, demi-god of death, so, sure she's gonna figure it out. (laughs) Uh, right. Okay, well, uh, I don't know anything about that, but, uh, I died, and now I'm here, and I've been riding on this boat for, uh, a really long time, and then all of a sudden you were here. So, and he kind of like indicates like towards the rest of this river around mm-hmm. you. And now that he points it out, you actually see that there are many, many other boats that are drifting just along, and mm-hmm. all of them have one occupant, and all of them have this golden glint to their eyes, and they're all kind of sitting forward in the boat, most of them hunched looking just completely miserable on boats identical to your own. So, this is new. Uh, yeah, what's up with the gold coin eyes? What do you mean? You have gold coins over your eyes. And he kind of, he like, touches his face, (laughs) like, oh, oh, that's, uh, I don't know. Wait, so you've never had anyone else ever in this boat? No. It's just been me. Why does no one else have someone in the boat? I I, I just died, so I don't really have any of these. And this guy, he doesn't talk, no matter what you ask. They don't talk. They never do. She's gonna go, like, try and, like, stand up on the boat and go and try and touch the person rowing to see if she can actually touch yeah. them. Yeah, and the boat, like, shifts under your weight, because this is, like, a small rowboat. Uh, so as you stand up, yeah, it swings kind of from side <laughs> to side. Um, and as you, like, look and, like, you know, you catch your your gaze falls to the water, there is no mm. reflection in the black waters of this river. They just seem like this fathomless depth. Um, and you reach out a hand onto this figure's shoulder, and you can feel bones underneath it. It's like, maybe there is some skin there, but it just, it doesn't feel like a full, normal 
mm-hmm. shoulder. Uh, and then you just hear a... <sighs> and the figure kind of like turns the hood towards you. Mm-hmm. And then resumes rowing. She immediately like lifts her hand up like, oh, okay. <laughs> I told you. Well, I mean, have you tried jumping in the water yet? Uh, I, you sh- don't. This is the river sticks. If you jump in, then, oh, you forget everything. Is it really made of sticks? I. And she, like, goes to, like, put her don't, hand don't in. Don't, do that. And he, like, he <laughs> stops you from, he grabs your wrist. Like, I, I'm not, I don't know how I know, but I know that if you touch that water, horrible things are going to happen. Hmm. Okay. Um, so we're just supposed to sit here forever? Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, what's your name? Name's Kara. Kara Brynhilda of the Empersunder clan. It's nice to meet you, Kara. I'm, um, I'm, and he, uh, he takes a moment, he kind of furrows his brow, he's like, I, my name, I, um, I, I can't remember my name. So you forget if you're in the water. You forget if you're in the boat, it seems. And he puts a hand to his face. Maybe I touched the water. I I can't remember. Hmm. Uh, And he, he like, kind of hunches, like, down on himself. And seems Mm -hmm. like he's really trying hard to remember what happened. Um, And you feel the boat actually shifts slightly. Um, so this straight course that you've been following now is kind of moving off towards one of the shores. Uh, and he looks Ooh. back up at you. He's like, what? What's happening? Uh, I guess we're going to shore. You mean you're getting off? You you have a stop? Uh, I sure hope so. Uh, 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 excuse me, um, man. Uh, and he's like addressing the the black robed figure. Like, are we getting? Mm-hmm. Uh, can we get off now? Is this is this what's happening? And the figure goes, "Only her." Oh, got it. Car, <laughs> her eyes kind of widen. Like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> this could go either way. Uh, but like, makes her way towards like the edge of the boat to get off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and the boat continues to move uh, towards that edge line, and sure enough, you see, and you didn't see it before, um, but suddenly it kind of appears. Um, there's a small dock uh, that mm-hmm. your, your boat pulls up to, and you see a bunch of these other figures in these other boats. They all turn towards you, watching like this very strange thing that's happening, so you see the golden glint of many mm-hmm. of these coin eyes focused on you. Um, as you bump up against the boat uh, or the the dock edge, and the uh, the figure in black holds out a hand to you, she kind of just like very like reticent, <laughs> puts her like accepts his, accepts their help, uh, and and the hand just stays there, and um, the guy behind you is like, um, I think you have to pay him, <laughs> and she's like. Oh, <laughs> um, and reaches just like out of habit would just try and reach into pockets 
to grab something. There, yeah, and there's just nothing. There's nothing in your pockets. You you don't even have shoes on. You're just in this like brown spun thing. And he he watches you uh, for a moment. And he's like, you know what? Why don't you have one of mine? And he like pulls off one of these golden coins uh, and hands it to you. Uh, thanks. And she takes it very gently and gives it to the. Mm-hmm. Ferryman. Yeah. And he, he takes the coin and like you holds it close to his face. And there you, you catch a flash of like a chin and you can see it's just like if all the skin was flayed from, from a face, you can see the taut muscles like of a jaw, uh, around these skeletal like chin bones, uh, and, a <sighs> and like puts it into a pocket. Well, uh, it's been nice knowing you, and I will take my leave. <laughs> she starts to get try and get onto the dock. Uh, yeah, and you you climb unceremoniously out of the boat, and uh, <laughs> the guy who is sitting there, he's like, "Uh, Kara, yeah, be safe out there. This place, the rules aren't the same." And um, as you look back at him. There's just something really familiar about him all of a sudden. And you see where that coin was. There's actually a green, almost emerald-like eye. And he winks. And then the ferryman pushes off the dock. Mm -hmm. And the boat moves to resume this course. Kara is a little unnerved, uh, but makes her way uh, down the dock towards... (laughs) whatever shore she should find herself on. (laughs) And now that you look and, yeah, you turn away uh, from the waters uh, of this river, and you see now that this this black stone that's, like, just encompassed the scene, uh, right before you, it stretches up and opens into the mouth of a cavern that leads down into the earth, um, like, directly at the end of your dock. Mm -hmm. Uh, She definitely, yeah, makes her way over there. Yeah. Uh, and as you're stepping in, the stone is jagged and hard beneath your feet. It's almost like stepping on glass, so you're sort of gingerly like, trying to mm. to walk through this uh, this tunnel. You you head forward, and it is dark in here. I mean, you you have dark vision, but it is dark. Uh, mm-hmm. And the floor and the walls begin to change. They be- start to become sticky and soft with with something. Um, that you can't quite see what it is. Um, she's going to lean down and, yeah, investigate it, try and figure out what it could be, like a moss or, you know. And as you, yeah, you're picking it up and kind of, like, rolling it in your hands, spider webs. She's just like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um... <laughs> So and these these webs surround the floor and the walls. It's like it's like a spider came in here and just coated the entire surface of this tube that you're walking down at this point. She like stands up and kind of brushes herself off and like peels the the web off her fingers. And she's just like, you know, I know I didn't make a lot of great choices, but uh, I can't. Man, I don't deserve to go to hell. And she just starts walking down this cavern like, ah, fuck. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, so you're continuing down the cavern, and your feet are sticking to these these webs as you're going, and you're kind of holding out your hands to make your way uh, down this tunnel, but not touching anything at the same time. Um, and you do feel yourself descending downward, um, and eventually you begin to hear clicking sounds that that chittering sound filling just the echo of these caverns and you know that there are spiders somewhere out there in the dark but you can't Mm -hmm. see them and there's nothing to do but to keep moving forward um and as this is all occurring to you and happening suddenly the chamber that you're in opens up Mm -hmm. and you see that there are two identical iron doors in front of you She goes up to the one on the right and tries to see if it'll open. Okay. Um, The handle, you have to shake it a little bit and you have to like Mm -hmm. brace yourself against it. Um, But eventually you do hear like an unsealing sound and a bunch of dust falls (laughs) as you open it up. (laughs) This was the one on the right? Yeah. Go ahead and make me a perception check. Ooh, hell yeah. Uh, that is a 24. Okay. Uh, yeah, so and as you open this door, you can hear something, like, like a writhing sound coming from deeper in this room, um, and like a soft crying. Uh, she immediately goes towards the sound of the crying, mm-hmm. trying to look to see if she can find anyone who's in distress or... Yeah, and as you push on past this door, uh, you find yourself, you're in this very, very large room. It's almost like a like a, a twisted cathedral of some version. As you look at it, everything is made of these like black obsidian spires, and there are stained glass motifs like filling the walls, but there are of these like lots of blood red, like crimson scenes of spiders and drow and just webs like crisscross against all the pillars of this room and the benches. And you see that up at the front of this space, uh, in sort of like a what would be the altar um in a normal church, there is this thick, sticky mass of webbing that has formed this like cocoon around something that is like struggling completely suspended up in the air uh but so encased in webbing that there's you can't determine exactly what it is she immediately looks around to find uh something like uh like one of those uh long candle snuffers yeah yeah so there are like there are some candelabras throughout this space that are made yeah. of kind of like black jagged iron um that stand yeah. really tall so yeah you want to yeah, yeah, she definitely grabs one and goes and tries to, like, cut the web to knock the person down. Yeah, go ahead and give me some kind of athletics check or... Yeah, uh, 14. Okay, yeah, so you start, like, hammering away at these sticky webs, um, and these webs are thick, and we're, like, we're talking, like, human wrist, like, thick. Um, something has woven this up here, so you are, like, sawing through and trying to cut at these, and you're managing to free these strands very slowly. Um, but all the while, <laughs> this figure is, again, just making these these sounds, like, no, no, I will not serve you. No matter what you do, I will not serve you. Hey, uh, don't, don't worry, I'm, I'm cutting you down. I'm gonna get you out of here. Who are you? You're another one of their tricks. And the, uh, the voice, Kara, a- is very familiar to you. Okay. Uh, it's... My name's Kara. Uh, I'm new in town. Kara. <laughs> Kara, no. 
You are not my daughter, fiend. Dad? Get away from me! No, it's really me, I promise! I just tricks. died! Your drow tricks! Uh, and she, like, starts, like, trying to hack at the thing more while she's trying to figure out what, <laughs> what she should do. She's like, uh, um, I'll tell you something that only I would know! <laughs> and, and yeah, eventually you're, like, sawing through, and now this figure inside is, like, struggling rapidly. And, and you recognize this as the voice of, of your father, Ferelin. Mm-hmm. Um, who is just, yeah, absolutely just freaking out at this point, not knowing what to believe, and, like, the webs are swinging, and finally, like, you sever that top connection, and with a thunk, uh, they fall on the floor, just, like, fighting against these bonds that just have them completely encased. And she, uh, immediately starts, like, clawing at the webbing to try and, like, rip, like, rip, rip it open to help get him out, and she's like, no, dad, it's me, I promised, I just died, I was brought here, there's a boat, man, when you was, when you were born, you had six toes, but then, in a knife-throwing accident, one got cut off, <laughs> I know, it, it's me, dad, I promise. And he is, like, you're, you're, like, trying to pull these webs off, and he's, like, biting at your fingers, and, like, you can see that, like, his skin has all of these tiny little scars all over it, as if they were bites that happened over and over again and have scabbed and then be rebitten and open and you can see his skin is this pallid color that has these like black and green veins coursing through it like so much poison has been like pumped into his system over and over again he's looking at you wildly go ahead and make me some kind of persuasion check or something Oh, natural 20. Oh, my God. Uh, beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep. Uh, well, I'm one of many, probably. Um, <laughs> my God. Uh, they're all coming out. Uh, yeah, and you are, like, saying these things to him and, like, trying to, like, hold him down. And, like, eventually he just, he he sort of stops moving and he's breathing very, very rapidly. And you can see these glassy eyes, like, fixate sort of on you. Um, so he seems to be listening now and he's calmed down. A lot. Okay. She, like, she, like, takes a, takes a breath and pauses, and she just, like, throws her arms around him and just, like, pulls him in close for a tight hug. She's like, I'm sorry I left that. Yeah, and he's, he's, like, up against your chest, and, you know, his arms are sort of free, but, like, you know, as you're pressing him to you, he, he starts to inhale, and he's like, I... How are you here? Where are you really dead? Did she get you too? It's oh god, it's a long story. I mean, I guess we're trapped in hell, so we got time. But she did not get me. I work for a mercenary organization that used to be run by a cousin of death or daughter. I I don't really remember. I'm kind of shifty on the details. So she killed me so that I could come here and find and save you guys. Eh. He, yeah, he's just, he's held against your chest and he, he is just like, you, he's weeping now at this point. You feel like the water, like, <laughs> soaking into your, your tunic <laughs> thing. Uh, you realize he's dressed very much in the same sort of attire, um, though it looks like mm -hmm. it's been torn to hell, um, over whatever kind of beatings he's been through. Uh, and he, he's looking around, he's, I don't, it's, I don't know how long it's been, it's, it never stops, Kara, it, it's just, every day they come, and 
Where is Morgan? Have you found him? Not yet, but- And she begins still tearing uh, at the rest of the webbing to help get him out, and I I haven't found him yet. Yeah, and he- he, You're the first one I found. He, like, presses his palms against the stone floor and sort of, like, tries to, (laughs) to, to get- his bearings together and he's like we have to f- we have to find him if i've been like this who knows what they've done to him we'll find him don't worry kara and he like holds out a hand to your face he's like you you're so old now <laughs> <laughs> and he, he laughs and pushes like a hand on the other side of your face <laughs> she, yeah she definitely like laughs and she's like you don't look so great yourself, Pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, what? <laughs> and he, like, lets out this hysterical laughter again and just, yeah, puts a hand on your shoulder. He's like, we got, let's leave. I'm, let's leave. Yeah. Yeah. And she definitely helps him stand up. Uh, yeah. And, like, get, get to walking. Mm-hmm. And he looks, he's, I'm. My staff, my my symbol, I don't... Did, we probably don't have anything in this place. I got a potato sack. Uh, it's, and uh, I found this candelabra, so there's something. Oh, that's a good start. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well. Maybe. Uh, now you've got me, whatever help I'll... <laughs> Be, oh god. And he, yeah, he's just scurrying now, like, out of the temple at this point. And as you push back through the doors, um, mm-hmm. there's only that other door um, on the side or back the way you came. Yeah, and she, she's like, yeah, that's where so found you. Haven't gone through this one yet. And she tries, yeah, shoulders <laughs> hit open. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and for Ellen, you know, he, like, hand puts a hand on one while he's like, you, great, great work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And as you, like, pop open this door and the same kind of effect, dust of decades of whatever this has been falls away from the door frame. Um, and immediately sounds of chaos come to your ears as you see your village out in front of you. Uh, so you are far under the mountains here and you see the tiered layers of where you used to live. Um, but the houses are burning. Everything is burning. The scent of acid and fire is just all around you um and everything is crackling and how you must have imagined it, it was when your when your village was attacked but you weren't there so just guesswork she immediately stops and she, she shakes her head in disbelief and she's like this is fucked up what well i'm not gonna sugarcoat it uh wherever we've been it's this is all pretty fucked up and she just she grabs her dad's hand and starts just like head down like just like yeah just blowing straight forward Mm -hmm. yeah and you you move forward into town and the sounds of combat and struggle and swords clanging are all around you Mm -hmm. but you don't see anyone like in the streets, it's the sounds of a battle, sound of, of groans and, and painful cries and the chirping of spiders of all kinds, but nothing, you can't see anything until you begin to make your way through the streets. And then out of one of the buildings far off, you hear a voice ring out, Kara, are you here? Kara! 
and just like a kicking open of a door as you see Morgan, your other father, just going to town with this axe, trying to destroy like doors and running in and out and just blindly moving through the streets and swinging his axe as if dealing death blows to something, but there's nothing. She immediately yells out and starts just full on bolting to him. Yes, I'm here! Yeah, and you you run up and it's that same thing. It reminds you of all the times you've seen him before. You're trying to speak to him and his mouth is open. Now you can hear it as he's saying, Kara, Kara, where are you? And he's moving through. Mm -hmm. He can't see you. And as you look, like his eyes are clouded over. And he continues to fight invisible foes, moving his way through the streets, looking for you. And she calls down to her other dad, and she's like, Look, he's over here, come here, help me figure this out! He, It's like he doesn't know! <laughs> Pharrellen is, like, holding himself, moving from house to house, and trying, rushing his best, and he, he gets up there, like, panting. And he's he looks just heartbroken, like, as he's watching this happen, and he's, I don't... What, what's he fighting? There's nothing there. There's how can we? He can't win if there's nothing there. And then Kara, like she has this like, bing light bulb overhead moment, and she's like, then we gotta fight him. And then she like looks around to try and find like a stick or a semblance of a weapon. Yeah, I mean you've got your candelabra. Um... <laughs> yeah, she's like she like looks at the candelabra in her hand and goes to try and like. Whack at him with it. Yeah, go ahead and make make an attack roll <laughs> against your dad. <laughs> Family. <laughs> Family drama. Um uh twenty-two. Okay, yeah. Um what are you like aiming what are you what's the move? I guess she would be using it uh probably like uh like a war pike, and so she would yeah, try and like get a like a jab towards like uh, towards like the inside of his thigh. Yeah, yeah. So you go and you like you bring it up and you slam and he responds like as he he whips around um with this lightning speed and this axe that he has in his hand, which is just like the the shittiest like terror <laughs> most terrible axe ever. Um, and he goes and he like blocks your blow. And as this happens, it like you know you you see him like shocked with the weight of like encountering something. And he looks up, and his eyes are clear, and he's like, Kara? And he- I finally found you! I can uh, hear you! Kara, you're safe! What- I- Where are- what? And We're in hell! And he, he, like, he crushes you to him, but yeah. he's also, like, completely- you know, he he's adrenaline-focused, like, looking around mm-hmm. for these drow that he's been fighting- and and Pharrellin also like comes in and moves, and they he also like embraces him, and you're all in this like mm-hmm. family group hug, like family hug. <laughs> yeah, you're being hugged by your dad. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and he yeah he he kind of pushes you gently away from him and looks. I've been the I've been fighting off the drow. I've been looking for both of you, but I couldn't find you anywhere. And now they're all gone, and I'm. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, we're in hell? What's going on? I- You're dead. Uh, we lost, as she, like, motions towards the the village and towards, like, the town that's just on fire. You lost, you died, and now you're here 
living this torment, and I found Dad in a room next to this one, strung up and encased in web. And I just got here in hopes to save you from this limbo. I see. And and Morgan sort of looks over to Ferelin, who this wherever we are, this certainly is not a fate we should have met. This is some kind of in-between. If Morden had anything to say about this, this what happened that we were brought here? So because they weren't able to kill me, the little ritual or whatever they were trying to do didn't work. So Ritual what your, the High Priestess Arafel she uh I guess was demanded to give Lolth a present in the form of our noble family's blood to please her. And uh yeah. So that's why she came after us in the first place. But since I was on the surface, she didn't get me. I went back after I had heard that you had been captured. Uh but I was I was too late. Ferelin puts a hand on on your shoulder and kind of gives you a squeeze. None of this is your fault. It's time to feel like that. It's been feeling... Thanks. And Morgan said, well, you're here. You came and you got us. You did the honorable thing, and let's end this. Now let's get the hell out. Well, alright, how... Well, how are we supposed to do that? And uh, Morgan sort of looks at Ferelin. Um, Ferelin is a cleric of Moradin, um, a very powerful cleric who was sort of always the the spiritual leader, um, sort of your people. Um, and Ferelin thinks, and if this is some kind of limbo, and this is because of some interrupted ritual, perhaps there is something we can do to offset that or to interfere with it in some way. Did this? Did the ritual happen? here or anywhere nearby it happened it happened down in their lair i had to snoop around for weeks i see well perhaps if you can take us there i don't know we can break it we can interfere somehow and we can put an end to this and morgan says kara we're clearly not getting out of this alive (laughs) uh what do you mean well, we're dead, uh, as you've stated, but perhaps- uh, I mean, so am I. Well, I certainly hope you didn't take drastic measures to get here, but perhaps if we manage to get out of this and we go to Moradin's side where we belong, there's something he can do for us, for you. Anything must be better than this place. I agree with that. Well then, I think our course is set. Let's- continue onwards and try to find where this happened. I mean, we have nothing else to do. <laughs> and and she chuckles a little bit and is like, yep. Uh, okay. Uh, over, over here. And she starts leading down towards the other side of the village, uh, towards the mouths of caverns that she would know where drow patrols like to come out of and snoop around and
Adventurers to the super spicy mid-roll. Hell, there's a lot going on in this episode, but before I let you get back to it, I want to tell you about some awesome stuff. If y'all follow me online, then you know I've been doing a ton of D&D writing lately, and I wanted to shout out some of my work that you all might want to check out. First off, I recently collaborated with JB of Drop the Die on his latest tome, Taverns, Inns, and Tap Rooms in Hell, which is a wicked fun book of additional locations, substances, and even new monsters to use in your Descent into Avernus games. I also wrote four encounters for a compendium called Beyond the Basics, which includes a full encounter for each of the 76 monsters provided in the free D&D basic rule set. I would love, love if y'all would check out these books and maybe even pick up a copy from the DMs Guild. If you're ever curious about the list of everything I've written, you can navigate to the writing page of my website, CelesteConowich.com. And speaking of writing D&D, there is no greater companion tool to help you get your facts straight than D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond is the official digital tool set for D&D, and it has saved me literally hundreds of hours of flipping through books, trying to find tiny rules I've forgotten. Whenever I'm writing adventures, I have to have it within arm's reach or, well, it's just not pretty, let me tell you. If you haven't checked it out yet, you absolutely should. Even if you don't buy anything, you still have access to a ton of free information via the basic rule set and a boatload of amazing articles and free weekly encounters to spice up your games. So just do it. Take the plunge and drown in the sweet embrace at dndbeyond.com. All right, I know I've talked a lot. So, Hit that subscribe button, leave us some stars, please, follow us on Twitter. Okay, now we can start back up after you've done all of that. start making your way out of this this area and down into the tunnels that lead further and further into the depths your your two fathers walking behind you and they're sort of like whispering between themselves uh and eventually morgan calls out so did you keep up with your training are you you a fighter or <laughs> or uh... <laughs> She like almost keels over in laughter because it's just like, oh, dad. <laughs> what? I just wanted to know. If, I mean, Ellen always thought you would end up a priest for some reason. And Ellen's like, well, who knows? <laughs> uh, and she just like, it's just having these like floods of memories coming back of like, you know, times where, where your dad sat her down and were like, you gotta think about what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like big, like having you trying to have these big life conversations. And she's like, well, I'm uh, I gotta say I'm a damn good fighter. 
<laughs> yeah. I- and Morgan goes, ah, uh, <laughs> <Pharrell and> Psych- <laughs> I work for a, uh, a mercenary organization called the Sisters of Sorrow, and uh, I've made some, some pretty good friends out of it. And now I got this! And she motions to her, she points at her palm. <laughs> oh, a tattoo! Oh, it's a brand. <laughs> oh, is uh that? That's nice. Oh, oh, Dad, you would be into this. Uh, you know the gods of fate. Like they're like the sisters. I spoke to gods. Maybe I will be a priest. Tuna. <laughs> uh, I can't say I know much about the surface world gods, but uh, they sound oh fair. All faith is helpful and strength based. <laughs> Uh, and Morgan's like, hmm. Um, <laughs> Morgan goes, so, um, anyone special in your life? Or, oh, I mean, up there on the surface, um, any nice dwarves? Or, yeah. Oh my god, I wish you could meet my girlfriend. She is so cute. She's an adorable gnome, and she builds shit, and she taught me how to read, and she's just really smart. A a gnome? Oh, I... Okay. Um, Her name's Gidget. Oh, she sounds... She sounds nice. And Ferelin's like, yes, she sounds very nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) She's like... "Uh, Well, I mean, I hope you could come back to life. That would be really great. I would like for you to meet her. I... Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. Won't we? It's just, um, it's nice that we have whatever time we do. This, um, certainly is a surprise. Yeah, you gotta shake things up down here every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and make a survival check as you're navigating down these tunnels? Nice. Survival! It is a 25. Damn, dude. All right. Yeah, okay. I know these caverns like the back of my head. You do. You can smell the drow. And as you are smelling the drow, um, moving down expertly down caverns and twisting tunnels and surfaces, it's all going a lot faster than you remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, this journey took you days um, to get down here, but it's like space and time is compressed um, in, in this place, whatever it is, this limbo place. And soon you do find yourselves entering on that main cavern that housed this drow city. And as you look around, you do see that the tall nightmarish architecture of the drow filling up this cavern. But again, like that like that scene you were in before, it's like you hear sounds of a population, of, of a thriving town, but there is no one here. Mm-hmm. She starts looking around and she's like, and she, she turns to her father's and says, this place gives me the same feeling as when we were in our, our town. This, maybe this is hell for someone in this place. Maybe then she begins starting to look around to see if she can find anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you continue to press forward and they're also keeping their eyes out here. And as you make your way towards the center square of town, which is where this giant sacrifice happened, um, you begin to see mm-hmm. that the cobblestone streets, they're, they're carved in these emblems of spiders uh, that reach out towards the center point, like the center web. 
uh, and you see those large stones ringing this central platform here. And you hear a voice um, calling out, Where am I? I demand to know what you have done to me. Somebody answer me immediately. Someone. And you like, there's this like rapping sound like coming from mm-hmm. from the center of these <laughs> these stones. Kara, yeah, she looks back and she's like, "Wait, over here, over here!" and starts, yeah, heading over towards the the person. Yeah, um, and every they both Ferellin and Morgan kind of crouch in like sort of combat ready pose, but they don't mm-hmm. have anything, so they like hold out their hands yeah. like <laughs> like ready to judo chop something. Uh, <laughs> You know, so they're, like, creeping up behind you. And as you approach the steps of this place, you see someone else very familiar to you. A certain drow matron mother, dressed in this burlap sack, walking between the pillars here. And again, like, as you look and you step in, almost everything is preserved as it was. You see the red staining these these stones and, like, the chains wrapped around them where... The bodies of your family were hanging when you found them left to rot for days in this place. The bodies aren't there, but all the marks Mm -hmm. of this ritual are all the profane markings, carvings, everything. But Arafel is just walking around in the middle of all of this, demanding to the sky to know where she is. Oh my god, Kara just, as as soon as she realizes who it is, and I bet she just like, Looks like ass. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, like her hair is all fucked up, and Carla's just like she sees her, and she just like just loses it. She just start like almost laughing hysterically on the ground, and she's just like, duh, duh, "That's that's the bitch," <laughs> and she she's dead, <laughs> and she turns like to you like as this happens and you see yeah her like gaunt white face that's just very thin skin of somebody who's lived for just so long she like it's that pale ashy gray uh she turns towards you with her red eyes just furious she's like you what are you doing here what have you done to me i didn't do a thing not yet anyway we're all dead that's that's impossible this must be a, a dream or a drawing or, or something. Nope. You're dead. I would love to know how because I'm so curious and also a little upset that I didn't do it. Because as she like points to the chains and the blood, she's like, we have a score to settle. But, uh, you know, I'll take it. Um, Kara, why don't you go ahead and make a perception check for me? 22. You didn't see it at first, but now that the matron mother is, like, screaming in your face, you see that there is this faintest red line that travels right between her eyes and a single drop of blood that's running, like, down the bridge of her nose. And Kara, like, throws her hand over her mouth and she's like, oh my god, Rem killed you! Who? Who is this Rem? I I demand to know what is going on here, and if you will not answer my questions, I don't need weapons to kill you. And she, like throws forward a hand and like like she's casting some kind of spell and uh-huh. just uh, she like says something in drow and she like casts out her hands again what is happening <laughs> she's like screaming to the sky Kara like just like super condescendingly just pats her on the shoulder and is don't touch me she makes like this face this 
this is not this is not acceptable and she like starts to like backpedal away from you and she's like she's freaking out um at this point and she she begins to call my lady my lady i need your assistance come come to me in this place if ever there was a time i need you i need you now loaf please and the cavern floor begins to shake the stones move of this place as a minor tremble starts from the very center of this altar here. And that clicking of spiders that's been in the background this whole time grows to an orchestral volume as it fills this cavern. And you see a dark shape begins to move on the cavern ceiling, which is far, far above you. It's like the shadows are coalescing into a form with this bulbous body that's moving and crawling across the surface of this cavern. And then this almost steel cable-like of a web begins to spiral down with this dark figure at its center. And landing on one of these tall stone monoliths that surround this area, you see the shadow starts to unfold, leg after leg, as you see this sort of half-black widow spider body um, crowned with the figure of this beautiful woman. She's beyond anything you've ever seen. Like, as you look at her, just this perfect, perfect, like, gray sheen skin with this long hair in these tresses, and there's, like, this aubergine gown sort of thing, like, draped across, across her body. And she looks down at everything happening here and you can't help it you feel just fear (laughs) moves through you looking through this figure there perched atop of this monolith okay now Kara, like she like is just this is oh my god it's just so full of dread and horror she just like can't even help it she just like goes and just throws up a little bit or just or she tries yeah there's and there's nothing in your stomach just like there's nothing on your person so you're she's like just, oh yeah she's just like heaving in a corner trying to get her shit together yeah and the absolute presence of true evil is there in front of you and she is massive uh i mean she easily this this form stands about yeah 18 20 feet tall um perched on this and the matron mother, RFL, she turns towards you and just gives this, like, awful smile and then uh, falls prostrate immediately on the ground, um, looking up at this woman here who has appeared. And Lolf begins to speak. And as she does, with each word, like, this, the rumble of a deity's voice shakes your very bones. It's like being in the front row of, like, a stadium concert, everything she says, uh, with the silky smooth quality to it. So, it seems one of my children has found herself in trouble. You call me to face against this? And she, like, flicks a fingertip, and you feel like this gust of air kind of move back as she does so. And Arafel is, my lady, I I do not know what dark magic has pulled me here, but something wishes to interfere with me and your will. We, we must eliminate whatever this threat is. I, I thought it should be brought to your attention, my lady. Do not presume anything, Arafel. You failed to kill this one once before. So, the only reason I am here, I see three souls that I will take. Finally, 
and for real. Do we have an understanding, Arafel? Yes. Yes, my lady. Anything you ask. Oh, Kara's getting real hot in the face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good. Very good. Well then, we shall have our way with them. And as you're looking, like, you, you, you kind of finally manage to, like, draw your eyes up to, like, take in Lolf uh, as she's before you. There's something odd about her. Um, it's like, it's like she's not fully material. There's, like, a ghost-like quality to her or, like, a, like an image-like quality, like a projection as opposed to the true thing. And you find that now that you're, okay. like, looking at her, it's like her power sort of diminishes um around you uh and you hear you hear your father's voice from behind you as Ferelin says i do not think the gods can truly be in this place i don't think that's loth and kara furrows her, her brow in deep thinking and i mean if this is limbo it's supposed to be nobody's place so i mean that would make sense Precisely. And you see this Lolf image figure, Shadow Lolf, um, crawls down the side of this monolith closer and closer to Arafel, who you see is sweating. You can see the sweat like as, as Lolf is approaching her. And with this flash, like mist almost, the Lolf in front of you is subsumed like into the body of of Arafel. You see her disappear and like Arafel's body rocks and writhes like as this happens and then like snaps up with this new confidence in youth that Arafel just didn't have before. And as she turns and looks, you see her eyes are this black, obsidian black, like beyond normal drow. Like this is like true night that's turning to look at you here. Uh, and you you hear Lolf's voice come out of Arafel's mouth. Well then, let's ensure this fight goes exactly how I want it to. <gasps> you see black shadows form as a staff <laughs> forms in the matron mother's hand. Let's roll some initiative. Oh boy! <laughs> come on down, we're gonna fight a god. Da, da, da. Let's roll some shit. Like you do. All right, so I have given you a few stats here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Morgan, your father, is using the champion stats. Um, and then Ferelin, your father, is using the war priest stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, chat, uh, Kara has to kill a god with a candlestick. Uh, yeah, it was Kara in the drow village with the with candlestick. The candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and what did you get? Kara got a 15. Okay. And Ferelin? An 8. Okay. And Morgan? Uh, a 19. Okay. That's where you get it from. Your fighty dad. Okay. Good rolls are inherited in the family. <laughs> it's true. We're, su- we're such a faithful family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so as this all is happening, uh, you see now that the the matron mother slash Lolth um, is striding forward now. And yes, this black shadow staff has appeared in her hand. And you see that armor made again of these twisting shadows and webs is just like being conjured and appearing to drape her body here. All right. And then 
we we are up to Morgan. Um, what's he gonna do? Oh boy, he is. Sorry, just to make sure I have this right. Morgan is which stat block again? Champion. Champion. Okay, there we go. Okay, yes. Um, he's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna. <laughs> no weapons. Go- um. Oh no no he has the shitty axe. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, he's got he's got his he's got his shitty axe. So he's going to take that and he is going to run at her and slash. That will be a twenty-two. Okay, uh, that will hit. <laughs> what should my damage die be for shitty axe? Uh, one d eight. A d eight. <laughs> that is seven. Okay. Yeah, so uh, your your father runs forward um, and swings this axe um, into, like, the shadow armor, and you hear it. <laughs> How cute. Um, it'll be a 14 to hit on a second attack. Uh, 14 will not hit. It will bounce off of the shadowy armor. All right. Excellent. And then, uh, and then Kara, we are at you. And Kara, you hear a voice in the back of your head. A voice that you heard not... Not too long ago, though you're having trouble placing exactly where. And it says, here, use mine. And you feel something warm in your hands as you see this golden blade, like light up starts to appear. And it, it's a handle of, of a weapon that starts to manifest with this heavy hammerhead on one side as a war hammer appears in your hand made out of pure golden light. And you find yourself being draped in the same, like, golden armor, almost to match, like, the the pure opposite of what's happening uh, to the matron mother on the other side. And she says, what? Who? Who's doing this? And you hear this booming voice echo from around the chamber. Lolf, you will not have them. And this shaking, like, happens again. And Ferelin is looking around like, like, and he, he, like, he bows, he drops on the floor, he doesn't know where this is coming from, but you are encased yeah. in this golden light with this war hammer in your hands now. Um, let me give you some quick stats. Oh, boy. This is a plus three war hammer. It does 1d8 bludgeoning damage plus 4d8 radiant damage. Okay. 4d8? Oh, my God. Uh, while you hold Moradin's hammer, uh, you emit a 30-foot aura. You have advantage on saving throws against magic. All allies in, within 30 feet of you have advantage on saving throws against magic. Uh, you are all immune to fear. Nice. And you heal 10 points every round that you hold the hammer. Hell yeah. I'm so into this. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. It's so beautiful. The voice of the Dwarven Allfather shakes the temple, and for the first time, Arafel slash Lolf looks nervous and it is your turn oh Kara just immediately holds the warhammer aloft and this like nova pulse of light just echoes from it and you you hear dragon force playing in the background (laughs) somewhere somebody left (laughs) a boombox on (laughs) (laughs) Um. hell yeah um, and she is going to use her bonus action to rage as she is filled with the holy rage yes! of light <laughs> and swing this beautiful hammer at this lady. Mm, mm, mm. You can try. Mm, mm. 
Mm, mm, that is an 18. Ah, yes, that will just hit. Oh, yay. Roll those five D8s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want me to break up the radiant in the... Uh, I don't think it matters for her. It does not. So just go for it. Uh, 22 damage. Ooh, what does it look like when this hammer hits her? Oh, man. You just, like, when the soon as the hammer makes contact, instead of it being, like, a loud thump, it's just, like, it's you just hear chorus of church bells as she just <laughs> ah, smack takes a blow from this holy relic <laughs> yeah and as as the shadow armor is hit you see it like cracking and like having to reform itself and she's like moradin no why would you interfere now and she makes her second attack which is a 17 uh yes that will hit the 17 is your number 20 damage oh. no sorry 23 Jeez. Because the plus three. Yes. Mm, 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 uh, mm. Yeah, and you can tell you are dealing surprising blows uh, that she is not expecting. Um, and she's going to action surge, so let's do it again. Oh, yes. She is unstoppable. Ooh, that is going to be a 29 and a 27 to hit. Oh, you know those hits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I just wanted to add it up, all those numbers. All those good numbers. <laughs> all those good, good numbers. 10, 24, 25. So that's 31 for the first hit. 14, 20, an additional 26. Ooh, and she is just swinging this warhammer just recklessly, just with no care that she could possibly get hit is just swinging and just just oh my god just so has never felt so like full in her life just letting this three years of shit letting it all go <laughs> here's <loose>. therapy <laughs> um yep and you do you feel so calm like even in the midst of like yes you're raging but there's like this rock solid thing inside of you like the support that just you've never quite felt before just this knowledge that you are doing the right thing <laughs> is so clear to you um and as you're you're driving this woman back like in her shadowy armor with this golden hammer uh she is just hissing and Arafel's face too is like is changing as this is happening it's actually growing more spider-like um as it's stretching out and pieces of the skin are becoming chitinous just with the the stress of having to to hold back your blows. Uh, so she's going to go ahead and take a legendary action here and cast Spirit Guardians. Um, so you see uh, these, these swirling webs of spiders and spider webs begin to appear around her in these shadowy forms. Ooh, 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 ooh. I, because she's within five feet of me and she's casting a spell, I'm going to use my Mage Slayer attack to use my reaction to attack her. Ooh. Ah! Mage Slayer? What? <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely gonna hit. I don't care. Okay. 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 Uh, and that is nineteen damage. That's fine. Mm. That's fine. Um. Okay. And then she's like, <laughs> and is gonna still catch spirit guardians. Um. So I need you to make a wisdom saving throw, please. That will be a 15. Uh, this is against magic, 
So you get advantage oh, yes. on that roll. Um, that is a 19. Okay. The 19 will do it. Um, okay. So you're only going to take half damage here. So half of 18. So you are going to take nine necrotic damage um, as this happens. And the spiders are spinning around here. Um, okay. You are also considered now this is difficult terrain that these spiders are just crawling all over the place. Oh, wait, no. I was looking at the wrong one. Nope. Um, so yeah, these spiders still are surrounding her and are going to be like chipping away at you uh, as you are close to her. Okay, perfect. And now she's going to actually take her turn, since that was a legendary. Oh my gosh, there's just so much going on. Ooh, holy aura. Ding. Yes. Wonderful. That's a bonus action. Love it. Okay, I need you to go ahead and make me a charisma saving throw, please. Okay. Whoop. Is this also magic? Yes. Oh, it's all magic. <laughs> Well, that is hot garbage, though. That is charisma, a nine. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, you are going to go ahead and take 40 points of damage. Holy shit. Um, and you are deafened for one minute as she casts a divine word upon you. Let's see what the deafened condition does, shall we? Uh, okay, you just can't hear and automatically fail any ability check that requires hearing. So, uh, there's just a ringing in your ears now at this point. Uh, it's actually sort of pleasant because, uh, now you can't hear the spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel a lot you more You just hear your now. blood <laughs> raging, uh, which is pretty common. Um, yeah, and so that was a bonus action. Uh, so, oh my god, Matron Mother, CR20, love it. All right, so uh, she is going to whip around with this staff now that's swirling around her and try and thwap you with it. So here we go. Um, all right, is a 20 going to hit you? Uh, all right, I'll roll for the second attack. Uh, 18? The second attack does okay. not. Uh, all right, so with the 10 to hit, yes, yes. Bludgeoning. Only five bludgeoning damage. Oh, and 46. Well, that will make me unconscious. Uh, hang on. Five, okay. six, twelve psychic damage. You unconscious? Yep. Uh, and you hear, oh, you don't hear laughter <laughs> as you <laughs> as you fall uh, to the ground. Uh, all right. Um, and we move to Ferelin's turn. Ooh, okay. So he is going to cast, seeing his... His baby, his baby, no! His baby get get hit. He is going to cast healing word. Yay! Um, at a third level. Yay, God fearing dad. So I will get back. Uh, two, 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 three, six, seven. Ooh, ten. Okay, I'll get back ten. <gasps> Car gets back up again. Uh, you are no longer deafened. Nice. Uh. Hell yeah. And uh, you see Arafel Loth looks down at you and she's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> this happens. Uh, all right. And then uh, we jump to Morgan. All right. He, seeing his wee baby daughter get, hurt, get hurt, he's <laughs> <laughs> not what hurts my baby. He's going to take his shitty axe and he's going to swing at her. And as he swings, this shitty axe is encased in a golden light. Oh hell yeah! Uh, and you hear you hear that same voice said, "I had a little extra left over." 
<laughs> so go ahead and roll nice. with his normal damage on the stat block. And his AC, too, as they... So basically, Moradin buffs them out in to come back up to their full equipment now. So it's you and your dad's swathed in Moradin's loving light. Beautiful. All right, so the first hit is a 16. Nope. And then second... Oh, second hit is a 22, so that yes. one will do it. Where am I DC? That will be 13 damage. Ooh. Gross, and I hate it. Oh, wait, plus... Oh, plus two more... Oh, wait. Ooh, plus two more D6. Yeah, champions of me. Um, uh, an additional four. Ugh. Nice. That is his turn. All right, uh, and then we come to Kara's turn, who is, um, let's see, starting... I believe you have to go ahead and roll a wisdom against her, um... Spirit Guardians. Swirling spiders, swirling shadows. Oh, hell yeah. Natural 20. Fuck you, Guardians. Boo, you're still going to take half damage. Fine. Okay, well, let's see. Oh, and I gain 10 because I'm holding. Yep. So you gain 10 points back. Okay, so 15 damage cut in half is going to be 7 damage. You still up? <laughs> yeah, sure am. <laughs> Thanks, Morden. <laughs> You're a cool god. Um, all right. So then it is... Proceed. Um, it is my turn. So she's going to use her... Uh, what is that fighter thing called where you get back? Second wind. She's going to use her bonus action to get a second wind. Oh my god, it's been so long since you've used that. Oh, nice. A 10 plus her fighter level is 14. I know. I don't have a healer now. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> and then she's gonna use her action to attack. Hmm. Interesting, interesting move. Mm, yes, mm, yeah. yes. Both of these are going to hit with a a dirty twenty and a twenty one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 10, 17, 25, 29, plus 9 is 38. Cool. <laughs> and the damage from the second one will be 15, 20, 24, 26, 35. And that's her turn. Very cool, very cool. Not. Um, yeah. yeah, she's not looking so hot. Um, like the the shadows are having a hard time like maintaining, and you see, it's like as you look at Arafel, it's like something is moving underneath her skin. Um, like perhaps perhaps the deity inside her just isn't feeling comfortable in this broken ass body anymore. Um, mm. okay, and let me see here. So legendary action. All right, great. Uh, so she's going to go ahead and like snap her fingers, um, and you see this this floating scythe appears behind you and moves to try and to hit you. Spiritual weapon. Ooh, I use my reaction to fucking smack her because she's casting a spell. Uh, yes. Uh, Taste my hate. That's gonna <laughs> Taste hit. Taste my hate. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. 14, 19, 21, uh, 24, 33. Okay. Uh, and she, you hear, it's Arafel's voice that comes in through here. She, I should have killed you when I had the chance. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, bitch. 
right. Uh, and then, so that's going to be a 27 to hit you with a spiritual weapon. Oh, yeah, that does it. Very good. Okay. Plus your spellcasting modifier. That's so high. All right. That's only going to be six points of damage. And it is force damage. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that was her legendary. So now she's going to take her turn turn. So that's fun. No, I think she wants to cast a spell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's she gonna cast? She's gonna cast Cure Wounds as an eighth level spell slot. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, baby. Okay. Eighth level spell slot. Damn. All right, I'm doing a dice roller because shit. Yeah. Really. Okay. Woo. She suddenly looks a lot better. <laughs> she is uh, fighting you. You. You see? Yeah. She like puts a hand away from her staff and it glows in this black and like green light and she like strokes it over her face and you begin to see like all the shadow armor starting to repair herself. She's like, I haven't lived this long through foolishness. Mm. Yes. Okay. Uh, And then we go to Ferelin. Oh boy. Okay. So he's going to cast Prayer of Healing as a fourth level so me and my dads are gonna get hit points fine this is just a healing round i guess yeah it sure, <laughs> sure is. is so 48 uh 20 20 Ooh, look at those 21 little hit points oh, mm. 28 oh plus your casting ability oh sweet 31 nice thanks One. dad love you dad <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, that is his turn. Uh, all right. Then we bounce up to Morgan. Oh boy. He's gonna smack. smack oh, you no, know what? Smack. Now he's here, uh, he's gonna have to make wisdom saving throws against spirit guardians as well. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, you said? Yes. Uh, 15. Uh, he's rolling with advantage because he's within 30 feet of you. Oh, right. Whoopsies. Oh, uh, 19. Ooh, fine. That's the number. Um, he, uh, so he's gonna take four points of damage. Fine. All right. Sweet. All right. Uh, sweet. And then go, go forth. Oh yes, time to hit my lady. Oh, first hit. That's only a thirteen. Yeah, dog. Second attack is a nineteen. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> Fifteen damage. No, why? Why my own NPCs betray me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Uh, then we bounce down to your turn. Wisdom saving throw, please. Yes, and I gain ten hit points. Yeah. What about it? <laughs> what, what do you want? Um. Oh, dang. That is an eight with advantage. Yep. Uh, I got seventeen on my roll. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, so seventeen from the spiritual weapon. Um, and then go for it. Oh, yes. All right. So she is going to use her bonus action to attack as she frenzies. And that is... Ugh, that's a 16. All right. Action to attack. <gasps> no. No. Five, two, and one night. That's it. Come on. Keep throwing them at me. I love it. I expect nothing less. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm going to roll 10 D8s. Oh, I'm fuck. so happy. Oh, Oh, God, it's going to be so many. Oh, oh, my God. I can't even count this. I don't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, wait. So it's 24 plus... Uh-huh. <gasps> uh, plus 21. So that is uh, 45. Uh-huh. 
49 plus 9 is 58 damage. What? Where are you hitting her? What does that look like? God. Oh, God. God. It was right, right to the badge. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a hammer. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, God. Oh, I'm dying inside just, just thinking oh. about it. Okay. All right. Holy cut, cut punch. <laughs> It's an uppercut. Oh god. Um. <laughs> oh god. Oh, we're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Bless you, Moradin. Oh. Bless you. <laughs> oh god. Um, so that was attack number one. Okay. Attack number two. <laughs> I don't think we can top this. I think we have to end the podcast. <laughs> it's over. We win. We won D and D. That's definitely gonna hit, but it's not a natural twenty, unfortunately. Okay. I don't. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. 17, 18, 20, 29 damage. Are you shitting? Twenty nine is the exact number of fucking yes! damage that you needed. Please tell me oh, how you yes. kill Matron Mother Arabelle. Oh, oh my god, I'm gonna do a victory lap after this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Kara, Kara, yes, yeah, swings in with the uppercut, and then it just like it, it catches her off balance, and she just like throws herself back, and she keeps swinging the hammer up over her head, and then just. Blam! Just hits her right in the spine. You hear this bone curdling crunch as her spine just like just as gets bludgeoned to dust, and she falls on the ground. Yeah, as you yeah just destroy the body of this woman who has tortured you and your family for decades. Uh, she crumples. Just almost like a rag doll. Like she's so old and frail now as she lies broken, like on the floor at your feet. And just all all movement stops within her until you see this large like it it starts as very small, like tarantula size, kind of skitters away from the body um of <laughs> of Arafel. Uh and it becomes bigger and bigger until it's just this very large, shadowy spider that has that same quality that Lolth had before, uh which that sort mm-hmm. of fade in like ghost quality and it like turns around and kind of like raises its two arms like in that like I'm gonna fight you spider way uh-huh. and you suddenly feel this like this just like uncomfortable like release like goes away that that rock steady presence in you just dissipates as stepping out from you there is a dwarf that you see in front of you with just immaculate coal black locks uh, as he steps forward um, but now this time he's not dressed in a burlap sack. There aren't coins over his eyes. He is in just this golden armor that's carved in these amazing sigils. Um, and he turns towards you and his eyes glow with that, that warm heat of a forge um, as he smiles. And um, pardon me, could I have that back? And Kara looks... Like, she's got these big old sad puppy dog eyes, and she's like, okay. 
and just like, <sighs> and he he boom a booming laugh that actually like shakes the floor of the room, uh, and he goes and he walks forward and like raises the hammer, and the spider is just like, <laughs> and like kind of scuttles away, <laughs> and he says, "Lolf, I cannot do you harm in this place, but leave now." And never bother this family again. They're under my protection. And she's like... And like kind of just shuffles off into the darkness. And he turns. And both Morgan and Ferellin are like... Jaw dropped. <laughs> like staring. Uh, and Ferellin's like, my, my lord, thank you. I can't... And, and Morden holds up a hand. I was not able to intervene. When all of this happened to you, I regret that. But I am here now. And I can do what I can to get you out of this place. All of you. And Kara, well, you don't belong here at all. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to cut this reunion short, but Ferellin, Morgan, if you are ready, you have fought well. You are honorable and valiant spirits and have earned a seat at my table. And both of them like drop very low and, and sort of look look over towards you. Kara, your time in the material world is not done. Great peril faces you. For the price you paid to get here, it shall wreak havoc upon the land and someone must be there to stop it. A child of Nerul is free walking about the earth in the Avatar. Oh, yeah. I know. Mm. We're gonna have some words. <laughs> Indeed. I name you Kara Brunhilda, my emissary in this matter. Take what I can offer you. Go forth, make the dwarves proud, and stop this evil. For if it succeeds, all the world will perish. And she kneels before Morden on the ground and <clears throat> uh, raises her fist up as if to make a solemn vow. You have my word. You have my axe. Thank you, child of the stone. And he, he places like one like hand upon your head and just like even that just the searing like radiance of it sort of like burn burns a little bit and he like very you know quickly uh takes it off well i shall give you all a moment but then we must be leaving and he he sort of takes a couple steps back to like clear the space here and Ferellen and morgan are are standing there and they are just beaming at you and she's like, see, I told you I was a good fighter. <laughs> you, um, I never doubted you would be, unlike some of us. <laughs> and for, for <laughs> Ellen just, like, laughs. And, and then, they, yeah, Morgan just pulls you in for a hug and just, I am so proud of you. Thanks, Dad. And for Ellen, like, comes in and, and pulls you away for a hug, too. And he's like... You are going to do incredible things. You got us here. You broke us out. You you fought with a god. Kara, you're 
Well, we always knew it. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Well, you know, I couldn't have done it without uh, the world's greatest fathers. So, you know. They, you know. <laughs> Kara, if you ever need us, we will be there for you. Now that we have a seat at Moradin's table, now that our family is restored, call upon us. Whenever you need it, call upon our family's strength. It is within you. You have proved it a hundred times over. You you must simply ask, and it will be there. And Morgan is like, whenever things get emotional, he gets really like tight tight lipped oh, yeah. and is super like stone faced. He's just <laughs> nodding like really vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to cry. I know you will always be by my side as you have always been in my heart. And she pulls them in for like one last hug. They do, and it's group hug and and, and you hear Moradin's voice. Well, we must be going. When you wait, you will be back with your companions. The memory of what has transpired here will fade after a time. So I suggest you write it down. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> well, Kara, until we meet again, I hope it is not too soon. Uh, and she bows very deeply before before him. And he, he nods and he places a hand on Ferellin and Morgan's shoulders and they are beaming at you as they disappear in a golden flash of light and the world begins to fade for you kind of the same way it all appeared this mist rolls in and it fades to black and that is the end of the episode thank you everybody so much for tuning in to the end of Kara's arc um yeah how you you doing good over there Oh, man, I've been at, like, literally at the edge of my seat for, like, an hour. <laughs> at the edge of the seat. It's, it's, it's pointy. Uh, yes, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Uh, this is really exciting. Uh, we've been working towards this point um, because Kara is going to be doing some serious respecking um, of her character. So Ooh, you'll get to find out what next time. So we'll be back with that um, in two weeks. Um, all of the maidens will be leveling up, which is awesome uh, as we have closed out this arc. Um, and we're moving into the fourth arc of our story, which is the final arc of Venture Maidens. Shit's about to go down. Things are getting so wild. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I'm like so hyped right now. I'm like, oh, I'm, dying. Ooh, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm just going to be yeah, thinking like about this all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. sort of fought, fought, fought Lolf, man. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah baby. I got to fight with my god inside me. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you all again for being here. This was super special. Chat was super lit. Um, I have been your dungeon master, Celeste Conowich. And I am your battle-worn, badass barbarian, Carbonhilda. Hilda.
played by Sage. Clap. Yes, well, everyone, if you enjoyed the show, if this was your first time here, wow, um, what an episode. Really intense. Um, but please, if you're here, uh, follow us on social media, uh, on Twitter, at Venture Maidens, on Facebook, Venture Maidens, on Instagram, at Venture Maidens. Uh, check us out if you like our show. Uh, check out our podcast form that'll come out of this episode. Maybe leave us a rating and review. Follow us on the website. Tell your best friends in the world that you like us. Tell your enemies. I don't even know, man, but uh, do it. Check out our Patreon. There's a bunch of cool stuff i think i'm gonna have uh jb put morden's hammer on there um so if you want to check that out uh yeah you can get venture maidens items monthly uh so yeah that's that um but you all are great and until next time venture away (laughs) venture away everybody oh my god it's so intense Bum, bum, bum. What an episode, right? Before you go, I have to tell you about something that is basically the same level of excitement as that ending. The brilliant minds of Cobalt Press have re-released their famous Tome of Beasts, except this time, it's pocket-sized! That's right, they took their ginormous tome of over 400 5th edition D&D monsters, gave them an edit scan, updated errata, and then bound them in a little baby 6 by 9 inch book. The Tome of Beasts is one of my favorite monster compendiums ever released for 5e, but the thing is truly unwieldy in its original form. I actually screamed a little bit when I read about this brilliant new version. So if you're like me and love reading about your monsters on the go, head on over to cobaltpress.com and order your copy of Tome of Beasts Pocket Edition today. So now you have two very exciting things to think about. I'll leave you to it and talk to you all next week, Venturers.